Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. And amen and amen. Wow. Come on, what an environment of worship, guys. I, I just God's doing something special in this house of worship and praise and His presence just living inside of that. I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're not used to this type of environment, but you sing loud at the karaoke bar. Come on, you can do it in church, too. It's all right. And, uh, and, and the reality is my wife and I've always talked about that. We want a church that's kind of like the bar where everybody sings and you got, you know, people know your name and you can worship, you know, come on, but we just do it in here for Jesus, right? We just do it for the Lord. And so I'm, I'm telling you, God gets involved in your praise. The Bible promises that. And so man, be, be, continue. I can't fix your problems, but I can encourage you to praise. And so God will get involved in that. It's an awesome day. Look at a couple people and say, you're awesome. And I'm glad you're sitting next to me and then grab your seat. We, um, we've had, we had an amazing she night. Come on, ladies. You guys had like, I see the shirts. If you missed it, I'm sorry, but I, Y'all blew the guys away too. Y'all killed our night. Y'all, I, I can't, y'all had more ladies and more fun. It looked like. Come on, guys. The next man up. We better, we better come out strong. We need, we need to show up strong. We have, we have some amazing men and women in this church. I, I was with my pastor. My pastor's in town, and I'm gonna not take a long time to introduce him. Um, but we've been friends. He and his wife, our pastors, really are in town. And uh, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Adam McCain, and and uh, come, came all the way from Texas uh, to to uh, bring the word to you today, and, and to, to sow into our weekend. And um, they've been friends of our family for 20 years for me, uh, about, and then for my wife longer than that, 30 uh, years. We've been reminiscing since they were four, you know. And so, uh, but Pastor Adam is one of our overseers, and so people say, you know, who who am I accountable to? We have three different pastors. So not only is he a friend and he's my pastor, but he's also one of our overseers that loves our church, encourages our church, speaks into my life. He can fire me. He can bless me. He can do all that kind of stuff. So if you ever have an issue with, with, with my wife, call him. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it'd be me. It would be me. Um, and so anyway, he's amazing man of God. He, he led Christ for the nations, uh, in Dallas for seven plus years. He's on their executive team. there. pastors, a church called uh, Hill city church an amazing church in Cedar Hill, Texas. So come on, would you give a transformation church? Welcome to my pastor, pastor Adam McCain. Right time. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thanks so much. What graciousness. And um, my wife had the privilege of being with uh, uh, Pastor Sandra uh, Friday night on the stage with you guys, bringing the word. Do me a favor. Turn that person next to you. Look them dead in their eyeball and tell them, I like you a whole lot. Tell them that. Say, I like you a whole lot. Turn the person on the other side of you and say, I'll put up with you, but I really... Um, I want to... Pastor Jamie told me that I have uh, 27 minutes uh, to bring the word, <clears throat> but I've been watching online for the last three weeks. And, uh, let me just say he hadn't been going 27 minutes. I just want to throw that in there. Just want to say no, but, um, I do want to be honorable to the kids ministry. So I, if you don't mind, I want to jump straight in. Pastor Jamie has been teaching you out of the book of Galatians. How many of you have been here over the last couple of weeks, at least once or twice and heard his teaching out of the book of Galatians? Phenomenal. And, uh, I was writing notes. I'm like, dude, I'm going to steal every bit of this for my church, but just talking about grace, even versus kind of dead religion and kind of as Paul lays it out to the Galatians. Well, all of that really comes to a summary in Galatians chapter 
chapter five. And I wanna go straight in there with you today. We're gonna have a little bit of fun, but we gotta do it quick. So if you are an international and English is not your primary language, it's your second language, I wanna apologize in advance because I'm about to turn this up to a decibel uh, where I speak real fast so I can get an hour message into 27 minutes, all right? So take notes, take pictures, uh, consume, whatever. But what, I, what I'm gonna share with you today will revolutionize your life. No and or buts about it. Because Pastor Jamie's been setting this whole teaching up for you so that it could be spiked in this moment out of Galatians chapter five. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn them on. Um, if you're still using paper Bibles, we forgive you, stop killing trees, but there's a digital version that you can download on your phone on a Bible app, and, uh, or you can just watch the screens. Either way, we're gonna go straight to Galatians chapter five and start in verse 16. Is there right if, if I read a little bit of the Bible today? We are in church, can we, can we read the Bible? Okay. Okay, good. All right, I'm going to read you about 10, 11 verses. I know that uh, Pastor Jamie uh, does that as well, but a lot of churches uh, maybe don't do that as much. So, but you're not at their church, you're at our church. All right, so Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, follow along with me. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict. Everybody say conflict. Say it again, say conflict. Don't look at your wife, just say conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you're not under the law. So let me just break this down for just a moment. We'll keep reading. So Paul is laying out that each and every one of us, we were born into sin. Thank you, Adam and Eve. We were born into sin. So sin is more natural for us. And the Bible actually calls it our sin nature. It calls it our, or our flesh. And so each and every one of you, it's more natural to sin than it is to not sin. Me as well. All of us. In fact, in fact, if you go in that and, and pick up your kids today and the little gal or whoever's helping back there says, oh, I, you know, little Hunter really didn't have a good day. He took the little plastic truck and he and he and he uh, and, and he and he shredded it across that little girl's head a couple times, and then took that you know took the popsicle from so and so over there. And you're standing there going, "Oh my goodness, a little Hunter would never do that. He's a precious little angel." No, actually, little Hunter has a sin nature. <laughs> And it's more natural for him to say, give me that truck, wow, that's more natural for him, okay? And that's in each and every one of us, and everybody say amen. amen. So the teaching that Pastor Jamie's been bringing to you is to understand the grace of God in the midst of that, that we're all sinners saved by grace. But this chapter lays out the truth of how we can overcome our sin and not live in our sin nature. And it literally lays that out for us. And so, and, and, and the Apostle Paul actually says in the book of Romans, I think chapter seven, he says, oh, wretched man that I am. The thing I don't want to do, I do it. He says, who will deliver me from this sin nature inside of me? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. But as I teach you today, if you'll grab this, I promise you, you won't be that Christian who's all ashamed and you're constantly struggling and I don't know, and then you're quitting church because you're ashamed that you know that you went through a divorce and you're still looking at porn and you're still cussing everybody and you got in a fight at work and lost your job. If you can learn what the Bible has given you as the great gift, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you need to understand this. And I know that people misappropriated the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm so sorry that you've seen crazy people on YouTube with the Condolendi Spirit, but that is not what God gave you. He gave you the person of the Holy Spirit. Keep reading with me in verse 19. He says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. 
And he starts listing out these acts of your sinful nature. Sexual immorality, which would include everything from, you know, adultery, pornography, homosexuality, whatever. It's all included in the sexual immorality. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Come on, sound like the church now. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Look what he says. I warn you, Galatians, I warn you, believers, those who follow God, I warn you as I did before that those, and this is very critical that you catch the wording, those who live this way will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live this way. This is a critical piece because if you came from a deeply religious background where everyone was judged and everyone was no good, that's what Pastor Jamie was trying to get you set free by bringing you through the book of Galatians. Then the moment that you sin, Hellfire, fire, hellfire, fire, hellfire. I got saved in a denomination called the Church of Christ. That's how we came to Christ. We were wicked. We were, we, I mean, for us, Christmas was everyone getting drunk, getting in a fight out in the front of the trailer and the police coming. That was how I grew up, okay? And so when we got saved, Church of Christ, non-instrumental. So everything you did today was wicked by the way I grew up, just so I just wanna point that out. And so, and so then, and so every Sunday, the pastor made a call. If you sin this week, you're on your way to hell. You need to get down here and repent. We were believers, but if we sin this week, we need to repent because that sin is lingering out there that we would go to hell. This is a misappropriation of the understanding of the word of God. Because here's the truth, that you are redeemed, you are called a son, you are called a daughter as a believer, you, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, then you shall be saved. But here's what Paul's doing, he's saying, but I wanna help you with something. If you continue to live in these sinful ways, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here's what the, the great theologian said one time, he said, here's how you understand the difference. Those who live in sin will not inherit the kingdom. Those who sin but are sons and daughters of the most high God will absolutely inherit the kingdom. We have all sinned and we all continue to sin here and there, but we don't live in it. That's the difference. I don't live in it. So when the Holy Spirit's like, you big dummy, what's wrong with you? I'm so sorry, you're right, I repent. And I turn from that way of living and I don't continue in it. So what we are is as believers, we're sin prone but not sin committed. I want you to understand the difference. I'm sin prone, but I'm not sin committed. I'm not what I used to be. Oh, I used to steal from you. I used to enjoy stealing from you because you had stuff that I wanted. I used to lie to you and I would happily lie to you because you had stuff that I wanted. So if I lied to you, I could get it. I was a pervert because I enjoyed being a pervert. I was committed to that sin. But once I became a Christian, his Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. And then all of a sudden I was convicted of lying messed my whole life up. I was enjoying my lying. I enjoyed my perversion. And all of a sudden I felt dirty. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And he says, he says, all these pieces are because of your old sin nature. Don't live in it. Repent when you have these moments of falling, being prone into sin. And then he continues on. And this is the beauty. If you don't, so if you get, a lot of preachers want to preach this side, but they don't preach this other side. He goes, but, everybody say but. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit. Everybody say fruit. fruit. What's a fruit? What is, the Bible has given this as a clear term for us. How do you know the difference between an apple tree and a peach tree and an orange tree? They all got leaves. They all got branches. They all got trunks. Quite honestly, you don't really know until the fruit. 
So the proof that you're walking by the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Why are you all freaked out during the pandemic? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. It continues on. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Pastor James was teaching about the difference between the law and what the law came to do. Came to show me that I was a sinner, but it couldn't keep me from sinning. And so what keeps me from sinning? If I live by the Spirit, I will not gratify the sinful nature. There's this thing going on inside of me. That's why some of you think you're crazy at times. That's why you got five therapists, because you're like, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm telling you right now. I love this kid, and I'm going to murder him all at the same time. Love them. I'm faithful to my wife, and that woman looks good over there. Why? Because I'm battling this thing going on inside of me. He said, well, pastor, how do I get free from that battle? That's what Galatians 5 is telling you about, that we must live by the Spirit. We must live by the Spirit. Well, to even live by the Spirit, I need to help you understand who or what is the Holy Spirit. He's like, what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? Yield to the force, Luke. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's not a force. The Holy Spirit is actual person. So I want to jot these down if you can real quick. I'll give you a couple thoughts. Who is he? Well, first and foremost, he's the third person in the Godhead. Okay? And so you may have heard the term uh, Trinity. Um, it's, that word is not in the Bible. But it's the word that we use to describe that God is three parts, but he's one. He said, I don't catch that. How is he three parts? Well, he's God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In fact, we see this all act out in Matthew chapter three and verse 16. As Jesus goes to John the Baptist, he says, you have to baptize me. John the Baptist, I ain't baptizing you, you God. He's like, you have to do it. He's like, all right, yes, sir. And as he baptizes the Son of God, and he comes out of the water, a voice speaks out from heaven and says, this is my Son, whom I'm well pleased. So God the Father joins in in this moment. God the Son's right here. And then all of a sudden the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit becomes in some type of image that looks like a dove and lands on him. So we see these three images of God in the moment. And so we use the term Trinity. And it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, okay? And these three are at work. You say, well, I don't understand how three can be one. Sure you do. You absolutely catch that. What is H2O? Is it? If I heat it, what is it? If I freeze it, what is it? Still H2O. If I freeze it, it's still H2O. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the first and foremost you need to understand is that he is the third person in the God here. Here's the second thing I want you to understand. And John 16, 8 says this to us, that he's the convictor. For all you English majors, I don't know if I spelled that right because it's not really a word spelled that way, but I made it a word, doggone. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Because John, uh, John chapter 16 says he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. Amen. Before I was a Christian, I was not convicted at all. I love sin. It was awesome. I enjoyed every bit of it. Let's go. I had four or five girlfriends going at a time. I didn't care. Cheat on all of you. Woohoo! I'm having a blast. Then when I got, became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of me. And all of a sudden, I'm convicted. I feel bad about it. Like, why? Go away. Leave me alone. And, that's, and, and so what you do with his conviction really proves that's whether or not you are submitted to Jesus as your Lord. 
Okay, So when you push him away, push him away, push him away, then you start doing what we've already read, and that is you begin to get, continue to live in your sin again. He convicts us so that... Listen, we had the privilege of playing a little bit of golf uh, yesterday, and uh, we had the coach of all coach. If you want a free plug for uh, Jason. Jason, where are you? I saw you earlier. There you go, right there. He'll coach you for a million dollars a year. You'll become a great golfer. I don't know what he charges. anyway. But anyway, as we're playing with him, I, no, neither me or Jamie had any problem with him going, hey, you need to line up a little different. Like, who do you think you are? Because like, he's a pro, and I'm not. So when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I think you need to tell your wife you're sorry about that. The pro is speaking. And I just need to do what the pro is saying. That's what conviction is. And some of you feel it every time Pastor Jamie speaks. You're like, good Lord. Holy Spirit, stop using his messages to mess my life up. Here's the third thing about who he is, and that is he's the counselor. John 14 says he's the great counselor. He said, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you like, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not gonna just leave you guys by yourself. I'm gonna send you the counselor. And that counselor, listen, I am so grateful for Christian counselors and therapists, but at the end of the day, it is the only one who can keep me from jumping off a bridge is when that voice inside of me says, you're a son, and I, have not, I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you, and though you blew it a thousand times, I'm with you, yet will I raise you up early in the morning, come before, that counselor begins to work inside of me. David was all frustrated, and he was about to, all his men were about to kill him. The Bible says he went in the tent and he encouraged himself in the Lord. The spirit of the Lord came in there and said, you're all right, buddy. Go get him. Go chase after him. And you go back to that path. That's a whole nother sermon. Forgive me. We got 22 minutes. All right. So that being said, let's move on. Here's the fourth thing about him. And that is John 16 says he's your guide. Amen. I don't know what to do with my life. You know, I went to college for this, and I did this, and, I, and now I don't know. I don't know. The, you know, I had, a, I had a, uh, an IT guy said, I've been a professional seven times. Because, you know, the IT world is constantly changing. I don't know what to do with my life. And I said, well, won't you ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to do? He'll guide you. The Bible says he'll guide you in all truth. He guided you here to this church. There ain't no way some of you would have ever graced the doors. Do you think that through for a moment? He guided you away from that relationship that was going to get you killed. Who do you think got you out of that? You think you did by your own wisdom? No, you was all in it. And then these things started happening. You're like, I don't know. And you just felt like you should get away from this thing and it saved your life. Some of you left a business at the right moment. God guided you out of it. Or you'd be broke like the rest of them jokers that held on. But he guided you out. He is the great guy. And the next thing that he tells us in John 14 is that he's our tutor. I love that your pastor brings the word. But at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit who's actually tutoring you teaching you. If he doesn't inspire that Bible, then it's just wah, 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 But whenever I start reading it and I don't even like it, I'm kind of bored with it, all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord will kick in and start saying, see that right there? See that right there? I'm like, what? What? Yes. One of the reasons why our family financially is doing so well is not because of the ministry, but a couple of years ago, I was reading where the Bible says that Abraham, the father of faith, father Abraham, I mean, that he had multi streams of income and that Abraham was rich in gold, cattle, and silver and had a revelation. Wait a minute. As I'm reading this, because I was asking, oh, we ain't making no money in ministry. Ministry sucks. I'm going to be poor the rest of my life. God, you got to help me. I don't want to take from the people anymore. And he's like, brought me to that passage. I'm reading it. And I realized, wait a minute. 
multi-streams. If Abraham had a bad year in gold, he could count on silver and cattle that year. So he had multi-streams. So I began to taint all the men and men in our church, every head of household, ladies, everything, single moms, you need multi-streams. Jamie and I started moving into multi-streams. And can I tell you something? It increased our net value in a two-year period. It doubled our net value. By just having a revelation that a little side piece on the side, little side hustles. Come on, side hustle people. So my wife started breeding cats. I know, that's a calling. And guys, for the last couple of years that she's been breeding cats, she's been clearing an extra twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year. Could you use an extra twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year? He will tutor you. Nobody tutored us on how to breed cats. We're like, well, I guess we'll put them in a room. Let them go. I don't know what they do. How do we do this? He is God. Now, back to Galatians 5 and 25. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I want to hone in on this for a moment. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do I do that, Pastor? How do I keep in step? The only way I could explain it to you was, have any of you ever seen Dancing with the Stars? Okay, it is not a show I would ever watch a day in my life. But I come in and my wife and my kids are watching it and so I sit there and watch it come and I got fascinated that these giant NFL football players are learning how to dance. <laughs> and in the middle of watching that, the Holy Spirit said, that's what I've been trying to teach you to do. Because in dancing, you, you got to learn to let someone lead and someone has to follow. And this thing in engaging with the Holy Spirit is really about that. And so what my wife and I did is a couple years ago, we decided we were going to get dance lessons because it was going to make us a happier marriage. And it didn't work. But anyway, we did dance lessons. <laughs> and, uh, and so I thought to illustrate this moment, we made a little video. And it's been a couple years ago. And so I was a little skinnier. And my wife has always been beautiful. So it's, but me, you're like, man, he's fatter than in that video. That was... That was pre-COVID. So anyway, I just want to show you a little clip that we made for you. I want to get your mindset on what it can look like to actually dance with the Holy Spirit and the awkwardness of the whole process. So go ahead and play that for him. Welcome to the studio. My name is Robert. Hey, I'm, I'm Adam. Adam. Good to Adam. know you. Pleasure. Right. Robert and Jamie. 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 Hi. I'm going to be teaching you guys to dance today. Most people don't dance because it's a little awkward in the beginning. Don't really know where our hands go, don't know where our feet go, especially for the men. So my job today is to make sure that you guys can feel awesome, amazing, close, and moving together. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a little nervous about that whole physical contact thing, so you're going to have to coach that out on this. That's okay. Most people are, not just most men, but most people are, getting in each other's face, being able to spend that time of looking at your loved one and being just really very intimate. Jamie, we're going to be starting with you. Okay, so I just found out this whole dancing thing that you actually have to touch each other. I'm not cool with that. And especially with the fact that I'm going to have to dance with the coach. And uh, I'm not cool with that either because that means we're going to have to touch and stuff. And me and dudes touching, I'm just not really good about that, okay? so But I got a plan. I mean, you know, I'm okay if, if I can, you know, be as comfortable as I can. I hate to be uncomfortable with that whole touchy stuff. But dancing, that's what we're doing. Hey, Adam, your turn. Are you a little uncomfortable? Why do you say that? Well, you're, you're bundled up and you're kind of protecting everything and it's pretty warm in here. Well, yeah, I just don't like to really touch people. That's okay. For you to learn to dance, for you to learn to feel smooth, we're gonna have to take all that off though. Really? Absolutely. Okay, so now I'm gonna have you take your arms here 
You're gonna put this hand on my hand, this hand on my back, <laughs> just like that. We're just gonna kind of sway very easily. Okay. Relax the knees. I'm really struggling. That's okay. Most people do, and that's okay. <laughs> You're gonna get through this. Why are you so awkward? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uncomfortable with everyone watching me. I understand, but the main thing I want you to focus on is really your dancing, not what everybody else is thinking. I made this video because when I try to teach people about engaging with the Holy Spirit, this is most of their attitudes. Like, I don't know, man, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know, that Pentecostal church where they're hanging from this roof and swinging like animals and flopping like fish on the floor. And that's most of our, many of us, let's say it that way, our sense. Like, I'm super uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit. I heard these people the other day praying in some language. I don't know what that means. And we get super uncomfortable. And I wanted to illustrate that in this whole dance concept because he does say, let us stay in step. So I wanna give you five little points on how to really start engaging with the Holy Spirit so that you can stay in step because when you're in step with the Holy Spirit, guess what you, guess what you have? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. You start seeing these powerful things that the Bible says that you would walk in. You start seeing them come to life. You start seeing that your sin nature does not have dominance over you anymore. If you can just stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Say yes. So can I teach you real quick? Are you ready to receive a little bit more? All right, let's go. Here's the first thing I would teach you in staying in step with the Holy Spirit. Number one is that you you gotta resign to being led. That's a problem for me, because I'm type A, and I lead the room when I walk in. It's really hard, and so when Pastor Jamie and I are in the same room, I have to make a decision. It's his church, I need to let him lead. Okay, it's, it's difficult for many of us to let someone else lead us. Why? Because, because maybe you had a bad experience growing up as a child and someone took your control away from you. And so you don't ever wanna be told what you can and cannot do. You have these issues. And so when it comes to staying in step with the Holy Spirit, the first thing you gotta learn to do is I resign to being led by you, Holy Spirit. I resign to being led. Let me just tell you this real quick. In Acts chapter 16, verse seven, the Bible says the apostle Paul, type A, was bringing the gospel. He was bringing, and he wanted to go into Asia, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit resisted him. The Holy Spirit resisted him and told him, don't do that, don't go in there. Instead, they turned and they went into Macedonia. Now, let me just tell you the power of his obedience. Had type A, Apostle Paul, not obeyed the Holy Spirit in that moment and he had gone forward into Asia, let me explain what would have happened. The gospel then would have went to Asia instead of Europe. And as I look around, we got a lot of European-looking backgrounds in this room. The gospel went to Europe first instead of to Asia because the apostle Paul was obedient to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was doing something in the earth and needed him not to go to Asia first, but to go to Europe. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Are you there? Say yes. And so this critical thing about you and I staying in step, but it takes this, Lord, I just will, I'll just surrender to you. Lord, I, I, Holy Spirit, you can, uh, a couple years ago, I was sitting in a restaurant with a pastor and we're sitting down and, and we're eating and stuff and, and, uh, and, um, and, and all 
sudden, there was this little, little family over here and they were having a little birthday party for this little four-year-old. And next thing you know, all the people of Applebee's, all the uh, uh, waiters and waitresses come running around the table. Happy, happy birthday for all of us to you. Happy, happy birthday from the Applebee's crew. Hey! And then all of a sudden, this cool, good-looking, stacked, I mean, ripped, shredded black dude goes, and may all your dreams come true. He just does that, right? And as soon as he does it, I'm looking over at him. I just turned to this guy that I'm with and just from here, I just said, now that dude right there is called to be a youth pastor. I'm gonna tell you that right now. That guy has to be a youth pastor. And as soon as I said it, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me, yeah, and I want you to tell him that. I'm like, heck no, I ain't telling that dude that. He works at Applebee's. And so I just couldn't get past it and I'm learning to what? Let him lead. Makes no sense to me in my sinful nature. Right? It's not logical to me. Like, why would you do that? That man, he doesn't need me. I'm just a, a patron in, in his restaurant. And so, he, and so he walks past me, and I just, ah, excuse me. And he goes, yeah. And he comes over. And, uh, and I had a sense that he was like an assistant manager. Because he had an assistant manager right there. And, uh, and I said, uh, I said uh, um, um, uh, uh. And he's like, sir, can I help you with something? I said, um. All right, let me just, so I'm trying to, I'm a Christian. I don't want to tell him I'm a pastor because everybody knows they're weird. So I'm like, I'm a Christian. And uh, bro, when you were singing just now, I felt like God told me to tell you, um, as you called to be a youth pastor. He's like, what did you say? And he sits down next to me on, on the booth. I said, uh, I feel like God. Oh, maybe, look, I had a lot of bad pizza last night. I mean, I could just be making this up in my mind. I didn't, I'm not on my medication. I haven't seen my therapist yet, so just take it for what it is. I just feel like, God, let me tell you, maybe, bro, maybe, maybe you're called to be a youth pastor. He starts weeping. He said, he said, last night, he said, sir, I used to be a Christian, but I went through a divorce. The church I was at said that I was no good because I went through a divorce. I'm trying to be a good, good father. I got, I got a two-year-old man, and, I, and I, I'm trying to be good for that, you know, and try not to mess around with all these other girls around here. He goes, and last night, I'm flipping through the channels. I came across those people. You know those people with the big hair on TV? Hallelujah. And he said, I said, no, I don't know anything about that. And, um, and he said, uh, <clears throat> like, that's my family. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, said, yeah, he said, and I said, this is all fake. And he said, but I'm sitting in my carpet, two o'clock in the morning, and I stopped and I turned off the TV and I said, God, I looked into the darkness and said, if you're God, God, if you're there and you have a reason for my life, you tell me tomorrow and I'll follow you all my days. And he goes, and he's shaking, his lips twitching right there. And he's shaking, he goes, that was last night and here you are right now. And I looked him in his eyes, I said, brother, that's because I'm a man of God. <laughs> Can we just resign to let the Holy Spirit lead? This is the big issue with dancing, right? Is someone's got to lead and somebody's got to follow. That's why my wife and I don't lead, uh, dance well. Because I'm like, you have to follow me. She's got, you got to learn the steps. <laughs> we got to learn to say, Holy Spirit, just lead me. I trust you. Here's the second thing. Come on, I gotta, we got to move fast. Here's the second way that I can teach you to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And that is you got to determine to learn his leadings. So first off, you got to say, I'll let you lead me. And then you got to learn how he leads. And so like, like I noticed with the coach yesterday, he was very, very comfortable to, he had little sayings that he would give Pastor Jamie. He didn't need to coach me any because I'm a really good golfer, but he would like, give, 
He would give these little, these little say, he had his little ways of leading. And you got, everyone knows when you change, uh, maybe you get a new supervisor, they have a little way of doing things. And you gotta learn their little ways, okay? And so the way the Holy Spirit does that, first and foremost, he'll do that through scripture. He will not tell you to do something that goes against the scripture. So you can be safe. Like, I that ain't in the word, it must not be the Holy Spirit. Because he won't, he won't go against what he already said. Right? Because the word is holy. The word is God's spoken word. Here's another thing that he does. He'll nudge you. I call it nudging. You have these just little moments. And for me, it's like a thought comes into my mind. And, and then you say, well, how do you know if it's God, the Holy Spirit telling you that? Or how do you know if it's just your flesh? The way I typically know it says it makes God look good. It makes me look stupid. That's typically how I'm able to determine it. Like God's gonna look good, but I'm gonna look dumb. I'm just gonna, just gonna tell you right now. And so here's some other pieces. So, so scripture, he speaks to your heart um, through others. The reason why we, uh, the Bible says the very early church, they committed themselves to small group life. And the reason why we do that now 2,000 years later, because we know that if you'll get in, in relationship with some other Christians, that God can use them to speak to you about things and use you to speak to them about things. No matter where you're at in your Christian walk and how long you've been a Christian or not, that God will use, I mean, he used donkeys in the Bible to speak to prophets because they were hard-headed. Right? There you go. Husbands, don't look at your wife right now. And God will use anything and anyone to speak to you if you and I will just stay, that's why we put you in relationship with other Christians and we call it small group life or however we use the term here. It's because we know that the early church, God was using them to speak to one another through the Holy Spirit to help encourage them, strengthen them, things like that. And the other piece that we find is through the fruits of the Spirit. This is how you know the Spirit of the Lord is at work in your life is that you got love, joy, peace, patience. So if you don't have peace, guess what you're not? You're not in step. You're not in step. You say, I just, I can't stand my job. Ooh, not in step. Why? Because I have worked the worst jobs in the world and we're at peace at times. And I've had the best jobs in the world and we're so, so frustrated because of my own pride. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'm gonna keep you in these type of jobs until you get out of your pride. Because he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This is all about teaching us humility and walking because our savior was the servant of all. He did not come in domineering power. He came in servant power and flipped the world on its side. That brings me to the next piece. So learning how to walk with him first and foremost or saying stuff. First thing I taught you was you gotta resign to being led. Number two, you gotta determine to learn his leadings. Here's the third thing you gotta do and that is you gotta embrace the fear of stumbling. <laughs> how many of you are scared to death of doing something stupid? All right, don't put your hand up because you just don't even want to be acknowledged because you're scared of me even asking you to do that. That makes me feel stupid living my hand right now. But we all have a great fear of like messing it up, missing it. We all do, so just go ahead and get over it. So when Pastor Jamie stands up here and says, I feel like I have a word, something like that, he is out on the edge. He's out on the edge. He is facing his fear of looking dumb, of messing, missing God up. I'll never forget, I was called one time by this family. I, you know, I grew up in a, in a 6,000 member church and, and I was a young adult minister and I got a phone call. Hey, there's a 22 year old that came to our church once and their family, they're at the hospital. He was driving a crotch rocket on the interstate, lost control at 110 miles an hour and he went through a sign and they, they don't think he's gonna live. He's in ICU, will you come pray? So I showed up, the family's all in the waiting room and the pastor 
pastor shows up. It's me. You know, right now I'm in my 50s and I look young. Can you imagine what I look like in my 20s? I look like Opie, you know? And so they were like, Opie has arrived. And so, and so they're like, Pastor, you got to believe for a miracle. You got, we got, we got, at least I can't. And I said, okay, let, let me go in there. They, they'll let me in ICU. They wouldn't let the family. So I go and I stand over this young man. He's got tubes everywhere. He, the machine's keeping him alive. And as I pray for him, I hear that same nudge, that same voice that I've heard a hundred times. Holy Spirit, and I hear the words, he will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. That's a scripture. That's a scripture. So I wasn't even making it up myself. And so I get all excited. I come out and I said, and they said, Pastor, what happened? What happened? I said, I heard a word that he will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. So they're like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, it's blended family from all denominations. I go back to the church after a couple hours. I'm in my office and I get a call and they are ticked off ready to sue the church because that boy died. He said, Pastor, what happened? I, I don't know. I was doing my best. I thought I was in step, but I guess I missed a step. I, 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 I guess my humanity got in the way. I don't know. I just know that my intentions were not manipulative. I, I, I checked my heart. I was trying, it was a word, it's in line with the scripture. So what happened? I don't know. And that fear of stumbling again kept me from not walking with the Holy Spirit for about five years. For about five years. I was like, nah, forget it. I, I feel like the Lord would show me something in the scripture. I wouldn't even move on it. Nah, nah. Because I couldn't trust. Some of you have that right now. And can I tell you, you just gotta get back up, grab a hold to the Holy Spirit and let him lead. And he'll move you with his hand. He'll grab your hand and move it that way. He'll do the little twist thing like that. And God is on your side. And the fear of stumbling is what kept many of you from actually walking with the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, he will pick you up even if you stumble. And part of the stumbling process is even a great learning lesson to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That was for some of you older guys. All right, here's the next one, and that is number four, and that is you gotta practice every day. If you've ever watched the Dancing with the Stars, these guys start, uh, the NFL players are my favorite, and they're stumbling all over, they've got all these muscles, and they can't, and by, and they, I don't know if you know this, but they practice six to eight hours a day for that, for those five days until that next showing. You've gotta practice every day. And the last one I'd give you, and that is this, you gotta believe for the wow moments. The wow moments, it's what keeps me going. A couple months ago, I was in a service like this and I had a word come forth and I was like, Lord, I can't do this, I can't. The Lord said, say it. So there's a person in this room, you've been torturing little animals. You've been torturing little animals and God says that he loves you and this deviant behavior is not who you are. If you'll repent right now, if you don't repent, you're gonna end up in destruction, but if you repent right now, he will forgive you and cleanse you and make you new. Afterwards, this good-looking kid, about 22 years old, walks up Abrac straight out of our Abercrombie model fashion shoot. I mean, he's good-looking. I mean, he, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a stud. I mean, this guy. And he goes, "Hey, I want to thank you for what you shared today." I said, "What part?" He goes, "About the, about the, about the, you know, the torturing animals." He goes, "That was me. I'd have never thought it was this guy." I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. And I grabbed one of the pastors. They pray. And he said, actually, demons came out of me. They just cast the devil out of me. I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, I was convinced since I was um, 10 years old that I was going to be the next great serial killer. He said, so I've been torching animals. And he said, honestly, sir, I have, I have been stalking two women and have made plans. I have plans in my room on how I'm going to go about kidnapping them and killing them. He said, and sir, when you, when you spoke, I had been saying, God, if you're real, 
and you can help me, then you call me out right now and I'll do it. And sir, you then gave that, that, that thing from God. Guys, I'm t- that, I'm, I can go for another three years. I'm good, I'm good. Like he's real, Holy Spirit's real. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm learning to stay in step with him. But this is the point. The way you don't live in your sin nature that's so natural, cursing, spitting, perversion, all that, is to say, Holy Spirit, I'll let you lead me. And I'll, I'll learn to stay in step with you. And when you convict me, I'll respond. And when you ask me to do the wow moments, I, I'm scared of stumbling, I'm scared of looking stupid, but I'm willing to try. You just have to catch me because I'm not real comfortable. Friend, this is the third person in the Trinity. This is the Holy Spirit. And this is what Galatians summarizes. If you want to walk in the true grace of God, then follow the Holy Spirit and he will guide you into all truth. Would you stand with me quickly across the room? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift one hand before the Lord and maybe even close your eyes right where you're at. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to make a commitment here and now to say, Holy Spirit, lead me. I want, I want you right there, even, even just take a moment and act like you're sitting across the table at Starbucks from your Savior. And I want you to say to Jesus, Jesus, refresh me with your Holy Spirit. Would you, would, would you just make a commitment right here and right now? Say, you know what? I'm not super comfortable. I understand that. That's why I made that video for you. I get that. But to say, I am willing to let you lead me. God's going to give some people some business ideas. You've been asking, what business should I, should I, should I buy that one? Should I sell that one? There's a businessman in the room right now. And there's a, a, there's a lady with a, with a small business. You've been trying to figure out, should you sell it or let it go? The Spirit of the Lord is going to speak to you. If you'll just say, I let you lead me. And he's, and he's going to lead you into all truth and all authority. You're going to walk in that. You're not going to be de- deceived. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. That you didn't abandon us, Jesus, when you left, left this earth and are now seated at the right hand of the Father. But you sent us the great comforter. And we thank you for the comfort and the leading and the direction of you, Holy Spirit. Guide us into all truth. Convict us where we're missing it. And we've gotten back into living in a certain sin. We don't want to live in sin. Now, if you put your hand down for a moment, I just want to give a call to anyone who might say, Pastor, today as you've talking, I've come to an understanding. I need God. Maybe you'd say it like this. If you died today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Man, I'm not sure. Well, let me just give you some good news. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, that he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So man, that sounds easy. I know, right? Because all the heavy lifting was done 2,000 years ago when Jesus climbed up on that cross and he prepaid, he paid in advance for every sin. You, me, and everyone else will ever commit and has ever committed. He said, well, how do I access that? By confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is the Christ. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you do me that favor? We won't zoom in with you on the cameras. This is a deep private moment. I'd like to pray with anyone who says, pastor, it's time. I need to get right with God. I want to repent of my sin. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to truly serve God and be a real Christian with no one looking around. If that's you, would you lift up your hand so I know who I'm going to pray for right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else? Thanks. Thank you guys. Thanks for being honest. I need God, pastor. Pray for me. Give you a few more seconds. Make sure I see it. Okay. You put it down. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of giving yourself to God. And I want you to repeat this prayer. There's nothing magical about the words. What's supernatural is God's been messing with your heart for so many days now, and now you're responding. In fact, I'd like everyone in the audience to pray out loud alongside of those who lifted their hands. Let's say it like this. Pray it like this. Say, Jesus, 
Thank you. Jesus, today I admit I'm a sinner and I recognize I've sinned against you. But here and now, I ask you to forgive me. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I surrender my life to your Holy Spirit leading. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. I'm yours forever. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, I'm so proud of you. Pastor Jamie. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.